When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hello, welcome into another edition of the Monday Night Live show here on the Wolverine.com YouTube channel. Also, you'll be able to listen if you can't join us live every week in our podcast feeds after the fact, wherever you get your shows. Anthony Broom here along with Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey as we are every Monday night. A lot to get into today. We want to talk uh, some Michigan spring football last week of last full week of spring practice leading up to the spring game on Saturday. Really excited about that. It's going to be an all day affair in Ann Arbor. We'll also talk about Jet Howard, uh, Michigan basketball and sort of how that roster is starting to shake out here now that they're in the second full week of the offseason. And also, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Michigan hockey heading to the Frozen Four again, the 27th time in program history. We'll hit on that a little bit later in the show. But, fellas, before I bring you in, I want to talk about our friends over at Vitamin Energy. Uh, Vitamin Energy uh, is a powerfully naturally – let me try that again. Vitamin Energy is a powerful, naturally caffeinated energy shot that nourishes your body with vitamins, supports healthy weight loss, uh, boosts energy for seven-plus hours with no jitters or sugar crash. Uh, Clayton, we can kind of duet this here. I've got my bottle here. You've got yours. Uh, Yeah, I got the berry. I got the berry flavor. Mine was so good that I already drank it all. It's crazy. I know you haven't slept in two weeks. It's unbelievable what an effect it's had on me. <laughs> um, so I've got the vitamin energy as I uh, the the burner the pomegranate acai as I was corrected last week by Clayton. I'm starting to get a little more cultured as I do these reads and such. Uh, uh, <laughs> we don't know that that's um, accurate, do we? Have we looked it up? I don't know, but you know what? Yeah. It sounds it sounds fancy, so why not? Okay. Yeah. Um, so vitamin energy's mission is to make people healthier and more energized one day at a time. Clearly, we don't need any help with that. Well, we do need help with that, given we're finishing up a magazine week. Uh, you could tell we've all got lots of energy here. Uh, thanks to our friends at Vitamin Energy. Benefits at every single shot. It's naturally caffeinated uh, with green tea extract. It's gluten-free, vegan, kosher certified, and ketosis friendly. Zero sugars or artificial flavors, no carbs. Uh, there's something for everyone. Immune and mood booster, the B12 shot, 
vitamin D, workout plus, sport plus, focus shots, and more. No jitters, no crash. It supports gut health. Uh, let vitamin energy help get you through your day and be the best version of yourself. Uh, look at the website uh, at vitaminenergy.com to get familiar with the product. Uh, lots of options there, as you can see uh, as I scroll through the screen here. Uh, like I said, the fat burner, the triple action amine plus super vitamin mood. I think that's what Clayton has uh, in his possession mm -hmm. right now. You even get some vitamin energy apparel here. So uh, what we want you to do is head on over to vitaminenergy.com. Use promo code Wolverine Bogo, where you can buy one, get one free using uh, the code Wolverine Bogo at vitaminenergy.com. So all that information is going to be at the bottom of the screen uh, for uh, for you guys throughout the duration of the show. So shout out to our friends over at vitamin energy. All right, let's, we're going to start with spring football today. As we said, last full week of practice, I wanted to do a little bit of a, um, maybe not quite a stock report, but we're going to play a little bit of uh, a game of buy and sell. And I have, I believe six storylines here that I want us to kind of go through. Um, they're in no particular order. They're mixed up between offense and defense, but I'll just start it off and we can just go with, um, I'll read it. Chris, you can respond. Clayton, you can go, and we'll just do the circle that way. So we'll right. work clockwise here. First storyline I want to hit on, buy or sell, Chris Jenkins will be the best player on Michigan's defense in 2023. Mm, tough one. Uh, you know what? Man, you know, Will Johnson's going to have a, a major, a huge year, in my opinion, for Michigan at corner. So um, Chris Jenkins, you know what? And, and you don't really – appreciate how much these interior linemen mean to a defense most of the time, right? People would say, well, was Mozzie Smith the best player on that Michigan defense last year? He might have been, right? But the numbers don't necessarily back it up because of those interior linemen don't put up huge numbers. But as best defensive player, I'm going to go with Will Johnson. And uh, so I guess I would sell that, but I love Chris Jenkins in there. I wouldn't trade him for just about anybody in that uh, in the Big Ten in terms of interior line. Yeah, I'm selling as well. I got Will Johnson as the as the best defensive player on this team. He's just so dynamic. I mean, we saw the flashes last year, but I think he's going to put it all together despite being a little bit banged up here in the spring as we've talked about. But he can play the run. He's physical. Uh, one of my favorite attributes about him. And then, I mean, just the mental side of, of things. Uh, we were out, Anthony and I were out at a camp that uh, Will Johnson was hosting back in January, and we were talking to his dad, Dion, former Michigan defensive back and we were talking about his two picks in the big 10 championship game and he said his favorite one was the one where he jumped that slant route on mm. charlie jones for purdue because earlier in the week he was telling him like if this is here uh i see this on film i can get a pick on this one and that's when his dad realized that it's starting to click for him in the film room translating it to the field so i am all in on on will johnson putting it together for this season but chris jenkins is great i mean he's gonna be huge probably number two on this defense, you know, and then there's some other guys in the mix for three, Junior Colson being one of them. But I'm going to go Will Johnson. Uh, but like you said, CB, I mean, you got to love Chris Jenkins, and he might be one of the top leaders on this defense. He'll be a captain too. Mark it I down. Would so. Yeah, just the way he's leading, the way he's talking right now, the way guys are talking about him, I, I would think he gets voted. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, we can play the semantics game with it, but just on a pure buy or sell, uh, I'm with you guys. I do think it's Will Johnson, pro followed probably by Rod Moore, I would say. I think that uh, Chris Jenkins is probably in that top three or top four. And, and it can, again, it speaks to just how deep uh, this defense is, how talented this yeah. defense is, that you know, there's a number of guys that you could potentially you know, 
guys we might not even be talking about. Maybe Mason Graham puts it. I was going to say that. Yeah, I was just going to say him. Uh, Mike Sainristel would have a case, you know, if he has another big year. So uh, that's a good problem to have, fellas. Lots of, lots of, not even a problem, obviously. It's just great, great to have that kind of depth. Absolutely. So I want to move to this next one here. Uh, Again, kind of rapid fire, but not really. We'll talk about it as much as the topic allows. Uh, We're going to go to the offensive side of the ball and buy or sell point number two. Michigan will open up the offense more for JJ McCarthy. Um, I'll, I'll buy just because uh, two things, they're not going to go away from the running game. And when you've got backs like, like Blake Corham and Donovan Edwards, you shouldn't, but I think you're going to see them throw more with him. I think you're seeing more Edwards on the field as a receiver. I think you're going to see JJ do some more things where they roll him out, um, do some more, maybe a few more things with his legs as well. So I guess I will go with buy. But, um, yeah, it's not going to be a lot. It's going to be one of those things where he is uh, – they're still going to run – they're going to still be a run-heavy offense with the, with the running backs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy this as, as well. And, you know, not like there's going to be too many drastic changes. One, I think they do like the direction of, you know, the offense and what Kirk Campbell can bring to the table as the quarterback's coach and the input that he's going to bring. But, two – uh, just the trust that J.J. McCarthy has built up. I mean, last year he was, you know, an, a 19-year-old, you know, first-time starter. And a lot of those games, you know, game two, three, four, five, you know, those were his second, third, fourth, fifth starts. Um, you know, so he's built up more trust. He's had this offseason now. He's going to have the chemistry with his receivers. Uh, was talking to somebody on the field before the Indiana game, and they were saying, you know, everybody wants us to throw more, but, you know, the guy that they trust the most, who's the most trustworthy player on the entire team is Blake Corum. That's not going to change this year, but I think JJ has built up, put some more in, in that bank and, uh, and they're going to let him not let him loose, but you know, let him, you know, make some more plays this season. I think that they know that, you know, that could help take them over the top and, and where they need to go because when the, you know, push comes to shove, they're going to have to have everything at their disposal to win a national championship, which is the stated goal for this team. Yeah, for me, I think I'm going to go the other way. I think I'm going to sell only because I don't think they need to really open it up. I think they need to convert a little bit more on the opportunities that they did have last year. I mean, think about there's probably at least one deep ball per game that they could have hit on, um, you know, a couple plays here or there. And that's just football. Like, you're not going to be 100% all the time. But, um, you know, with Blake Corum back, with Donovan Edwards back, um, yeah, I, I think th- – I don't know that they have to change a whole lot, but I, I do know that uh, – I do know that I think JJ has, you know, the strides he made from game one to that TCU game mistakes included in that. I, I, that's an important part of the learning curve too. I just think that he took that step forward and he'll have a little more license to improvise maybe, but I don't know about open it up. Yeah. And I'll say this Uh, too, without Ronnie Bell, you know, Ronnie Bell was huge to this offense and and was one of the guys that he really trusted. So, you know what, who's that guy that's going to step up? We don't know. So I think that's to your point. I think that fits as well. That's a good tease. Uh, we do have, uh, you know, I'll just go to this one now. Um, as it pertains to Ronnie Bell, uh, Tyler Morris is Ronnie Bell 2.0. Buy or sell? Sell. I think he's a different, um, I think he's a little smaller, number one. Um, I think Tyler Morris is a little a little shiftier. I think I don't think he's going to be as, as much of a deep threat as Ronnie Bell. I think people underestimate, you know, what Ronnie Bell could do. Um uh, in terms of uh, going up and getting balls and, and, you know, with his athleticism. Um, so a little bit different style. I like him more 
as as more of a true slot than an outside guy. So I think he'll have a great career. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. But I like him as one of those little shifty inside receivers that can really do some things with his feet after he catches the ball more than the downfield type of guy. Yeah, I'm going to sell as well. I, I think that they have a lot of similar traits, but you took the words out of my mouth. I think he's going to play more in the slot. Ronnie Bell could do it all. I mean, he started his career playing some slot and, you know, doing different things uh, in 2018, 2019, uh, but then just kind of took off as, as a lead guy the last couple seasons when he was healthy, last three. So, um, you know, I don't think Tyler Morris is quite there yet. I wouldn't rule anything out. He is listed only one inch shorter, but just feels like a different type of player to me. So I'm going to sell, but I still think Tyler Morris is going to have a big season. I think he's going to have a pretty big role and surprise some people this fall. And maybe we'll see him be that guy that we're all talking about on Saturday, uh, you know, after the spring game. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to sell this as well. I actually think if you're looking for, I, I don't know if there's a one-to-one Ronnie Bell replacement on the roster, but I think when you look at the guys that are already there and, you know, who has a chance to step up, that might actually be Roman Wilson. Uh, you talk about a guy who could do a little bit of everything. Um, probably a little bit, you know, more of a track star to home run threat in that regard. Uh, so I'm selling that one. Let's move back over to defense. Uh, Michigan's number two cornerback is on the roster right now. Is it Amorian Walker? Is it Jaden McBurrows? Is that guy there right now? Buying. Um, you know what? Even when you bring guys in sometimes, you look at Cam Good, everybody's like, oh, they're getting this guy. He's going to come in and he's going to make an impact and, you know, didn't play as much. Uh, plus, I think Steve Klingscale is such a great teacher that he's going to get the most out of his guys on that team. And I think Amorian Walker by the fall is going to be uh, more than serviceable at that other corner position. I think you're going to see Mike Sainer still play some there with Rod Moore coming down to play some nickel. Uh, there are lots of things they can do. Miles Pollard's another one that we keep hearing about. So uh, I like I like the teaching. I like the talent. I think by fall, one of those guys will be the guy with his backup also being on the roster. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do anything or what they do when the transfer portal opens up on May one. But I would say right now for me, the bet is that that guy's on the roster, whether it's a Morian Walker, Miles Pollard, Jade McBurrows, uh, somebody else, you know, it, it's just kind of easier for me to bet on that. And, you know, sometimes we forget when the season ends and, and just about everybody comes back. And then you look at all right, where are the holes on the roster? Well, corner, you know, you don't have a guy that has a ton of experience there other than Will Johnson, but guys get better guys step up. I think we're going to see that with, McBurrow's being healthy finally this season and and all that. And speaking of Cam Good too, by the way, saw him the other day in the in the parking lot, passed by him. He looked he looked like in, in really good shape. So uh maybe we'll see a little bit of an impact there. Chris Jenkins mentioned him as a potential pass rush threat, uh, along with some other guys this year. So uh I like the Cam Good. You know, you transferred in, he didn't make a huge impact. Hey, I'll come back. You know, they got a spot for me and and we'll see what he's able to do this year. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that the guy's on the roster. Uh, in terms of the corner. Yeah, I'm buying as well. Uh, again, it it's always comes with the caveat. It depends on who becomes available and what the connection to the coaching staff or guys on the roster is. I mean, um, you know, we saw we saw them add Yabi Oki, what, 15 days before the season started last year. And, uh, it helped that they had the Biff Pogey connection. That's probably, to be frank, the only reason that he wound up at Michigan and mm -hmm. um, not at Michigan anymore. But uh, yeah, because I, I all options are always on the table, but I am I am buying that uh, that with another few months of conditioning and a full camp. And let's not forget this either. You know, they're going to have a pretty easy non-conference schedule again where you're going to have these guys. You can extend this battle 
or wh- whatever it might be into the season. And, you know, guys improve throughout the course of the year too. I mean, I think that something that got lost from the COVID season was, um, you know, Vincent Gray and Jamon Green were terrible early on. And one of the lone bright spots of that season is that as the year went on, they got better and played better. So um, guys always improve. Guys improve from start to finish every single year. We've seen it. There are better examples of that. It's just the one that popped in my head. But I do think that the number two corner is on this roster right now. Uh, I have a couple more of these for you. Um, buy or sell. The Michigan offensive line will be better than last year's. Selling on that, um, man, I think Olu Oluwatimi is one of the best centers that's ever played here or had one of the best seasons, clearly winning the Remington Award. Uh, big question mark there. Love the guards um, and a tackle. We don't know what Ladarius Henderson's going to be. He's kind of been penciled in there. Um, and then on the other side, you've got some good options. But um, the other guys, you know what? Um, I just don't think – I don't. I think it's a lot to ask. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, Ryan Hayes was undervalued here, you know, um, and he played a lot of football here. So, to me, it's still going to be very good, but just a notch below what it was last year. I hate that we're all agreeing so much, but, yeah, I'm going to sell here as well. It's a high bar to reach. I mean, two years mm-hmm. in a row, and I thought last year's was probably – better than the year before, you know, Olu being a huge reason for that and the guards being a year older. But, I mean, hey, that interior is still going to be really strong. I think Drake Nugent will win the center job. I think those those two guards, Trevor Keegan and Zach Center, if they stay healthy, will be absolute beasts on the inside there. And then you got to figure out tackle, but plenty of options. I think it's going to be very, very good, but I will say a little bit worse than last season, um, you know, and, and that's not saying uh, that's not saying a whole lot because, you know, I still think they're going to be very, very good. Yeah, again, I could have probably mixed it up even more, but yeah, I'm selling this one as well. Uh, I think that the guards, I think those two guards being back are huge, though. I think it's going to help whoever plays at center, whether it's Drake Nugent or Raheem Anderson or Greg Crippen uh, at tackle. I we'll see what happens there. Uh, I trust that one of Carson Barnhart and Trent A. Jones will um, will emerge. They both might. Uh, I know they think that Ladarius Henderson, who's not on campus yet, or not with the team yet, we'll probably win that left tackle job, but we'll see what happens. Uh, just a lot to um, – it's going to be really difficult to do the Joe Moore Award thing three years in a row. And maybe that's not the worst thing in the world because the two college football playoffs, those guys didn't have their best day at the office. So maybe if that giant award in the middle of the weight room isn't there, maybe that fires them up a little bit. I don't know, but uh, I am also going to sell on that. Uh, I have one more here. One more. Yes. I can't read my own notes. Um, Braden McGregor is set for a breakout season or, you know, I'll amend this. Braden, Braden McGregor will lead the team in sacks by herself. Mm, wow. That's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell just because I'm going to take the field. Uh, I think he certainly can. And I think he's going to have a breakout season where he's going to be playing good football. <laughs> But when you've got so many other options, so many other good options, we don't know what Josiah Stewart can do right now. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Harrell, I think, is going to emerge even more as a pass rusher. So uh, I will say no. Uh, I will sell on that. But I expect a really nice year from Braden McGregor to the point that I think he will make some all Big Ten teams. Yeah, he's going to have to take a big leap if he's going to actually lead this team in sacks. I think he'll have that breakout year, A.B., that you were kind of talking about um, initially. But, 
leading him in sacks. I mean, it's always safer to take take the field. I hate that we're all agreeing again, but I mean, why it, do you it, hate it, that? And do you think we're stupid, Clay? No, I'm. I mean, I'm saying <laughs> it too. I just feel like it, it would be better for ratings, you know, if we get some debate going. But, I'm just teasing you. Buddy. I mean, I, I think he could. I think I would put him near the top of the list in terms of contenders to do so. Um, but you know, it, it's just tough to say right now that he's going to lead this team in sacks. Um, and and even then, I mean, it, it's tough to predict who will at, at that. So I mean, he he might, but because uh, I remember last year, you know, Scott Bell puts puts together all those predictions of bunch of media members throughout the market, you know, and, and one of the things is sacks. And there were three, four, five different guys that people threw out there as an option. Uh, you know, some people had Mike Morris. I don't think I did, and, and he ends up getting it. So, you know, when it's this wide open, it could be anybody's. And Braden McGregor, you know, from the sounds of it, is, is kind of seizing the opportunity. So he is uh, – I think he's in for a pretty big season. A.B., just gonna say, he's gonna, he, say he's going to lead the team. Come on. I, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it right. on him. Um okay. You know, upperclassman guy, I think that, you know, from a physical standpoint, I think we talked about this maybe on one of the last, the more recent shows we did, but he looks like he finally looks, I mean, he's always been a big guy, very similar body type to Aiden, but he, uh, he looks the part. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. That's maybe the best pass rusher in school history. Like I'm not going there, but I mean, that uh, I'm going to buy it. I think that there's, you know, Michigan likes to kind of lean on its upperclassmen, Uh, Josiah Stewart, I could see him, you know, playing up to a Big Ten level is kind of drinking out of the fire hose a little bit early. Um, You know, Derek Moore, we'll see. I mean, he looks the part, but it still takes time to refine those skills. And and Jalen Harrell, to me, is, you know, really good three down defender, made some huge plays, especially in the passing game. Uh, You think back to that Ohio State game that I think it was the fourth down. He had a pass breakup, you know, 20, 30 yards down the field, whatever it was. it's a good player, but I'm I'm gonna buy the hype, and it might only take like six and a half sacks or something, given the way they rotate. But I'm gonna buy that one. So yeah, Mike Mike Mo was at seven and a half. I mean, I know he was hurt, but that that led the team. So could be more of a buy committee approach. And if Chris Jenkins, they keep talking about how, uh, and Kenneth Grant brought it up too the other days. I think six and a half. This is my. They didn't say this stat exactly, but I think six and a half of the sacks last year out of thirty seven. Well, we're from the interior defensive line. They want to pump that number up. Those are rookie numbers in, in this in this uh, game, uh, as they would say. And, um, you know, so maybe it's going to be a little more balanced and he wins it with five and a half, six and a half. So, yeah, it's a good point. I want to uh, – I'll extend it here just because I like the talking point. Um, this pass rush rotation in general, when you look at the guys that fill out the top of the depth chart, it's going to be Braid McGregor, uh, Jalen Harrell, Derek Moore, uh, Josiah Stewart. It looks a little bit different. Obviously, no Yabioki, uh, no Mike Morris. I feel like, am I missing someone else? No Taylor Upshaw. He transferred out. So are you buying that this pass rush group can or will be better than than last year? Because I, I do think there's a little more, I think there's a little more athleticism here. Um, last last year's group, um, you know, Yabioki was pure athleticism, but um, you know, you didn't have, you know, Aiden Hutchinson was an elite athlete. David Ojabo was an elite athlete. Uh, I'm not saying either of those guys are on this roster, but when I look at body types and traits and, and how I think they'll translate, um, I think I can, I think I can get on board with the fact that the pass rush in general, I think is going to be more consistent, maybe a little more dangerous this year. Yeah, I think that's possible. And you know what, it, it really kind of depends on, 
um, the approach and, and how the edges uh, do. You know, you aren't going to have the edges. You aren't going to have Hutchinson and Ojabo uh, just the way it is, guys. That's gonna, not going to happen very often where you have two guys that are, are that capable. So, you know what, if you've got one guy that's standing out, say Braden McGregor starts to be, be one of those guys that, you, that they double team, then I think it's going to open up some opportunities for the, uh, for the interior guys, but I can see some more blitzing as well. Uh, I thought they did a little too much of it. Like we talked about in the TCU game, cause they really didn't have, have an option there. But um, to me, uh, you know what it, I, I, I strongly believe that um, they can be better uh, overall. And uh, I'll, I'll say they will be. I think that um, uh, there are more than enough capable guys and the way they're, they're really, their bodies this year. It's unbelievable, fellas. Uh, what Ben Herbert has done with these guys in the weight room, if you look at their bodies this spring, uh, that guy is uh, an absolute wizard with those guys. So I think a uh, good chance of it. Yeah, I think it'll be probably about the same. I mean, it's hard to to go a lot better. I thought, you know, they could have been better against TCU, as we've talked about with the, the blitzing. You know, they didn't. I think just one sack against Ohio State, even though there was some nice pressure and timely pressure too, which is important. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and you know, a guy like Braden McGregor comes with a you know a batted pass at the line, things like that on a third down. Chris um, Jenkins get picking up the holding call. Yeah, he drew play. he drew a, a holding. Mm-hmm. I mean, things like that are huge. But um, so I think it'll be about the same, you know. But I mean, AB, you make a decent point when you start listing those guys. I mean, what did they lose? Mike Morris, uh, and I've talked about this recently too. You know, I think he had one and a half sacks after the midway point of the season. Still, one Big Ten Defense Alignment of the Year was a big part you know of that defense but um you know there's a lot of production that could come back if a guy like Derek Moore takes a step uh and they get more from the interior and you know potentially the blitz packages are successful again then I think it could be better but I'll say it's going to be in terms of sack numbers they had 37 last year that ranked 19th in the country of course they played a, a game or two more than some other teams out there uh I'll say it's it's about the same uh in sacks per game which was 2.6 so uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I'll say it's it'll be similar. Cool. Well, any other uh, lingering thoughts? Did I miss any storylines? I tried to pick from what we've heard from press conferences and things like that. Um, did I forget anything? I don't think so. Maybe backup quarterback, uh, Davis Warren, Jack Tuttle. You know, who's it going to be? Uh, I think it's neck and neck. And it's like somebody said, you know what, if Warren wins it, I like it better because it means he's pretty good. I think Jack Tuttle uh, can be a solid a solid backup quarterback. But uh, I do want to see Davis Warren win that job because I think, uh, you know, if you've got one year there, I think J.J. McCarthy might be a four-year guy, to be honest with you. But uh, you know what, I think Davis Warren is a quarterback, a Big Ten quarterback capable at this level. I'd love to see what he can do down the road. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it would be better probably for the future if Davis Warren – ends up being the guy and it could change throughout the season. As we saw last year, I think one, one road game, they traveled one of them and one road game, they traveled the other in terms of Alan Bowman, Davis Warren, or traveled both, you know, so, you know, it could change throughout the season, but it probably would be better long-term if Davis Warren's the guy, but at the same time, I mean, in the short term, if JJ McCarthy does have to go out and you have to go to a number two guy, I may trust Jack Tuttle a little bit more just because of experience in the big 10 and things like that. So, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out um, in terms of picking one. Right now, I'm going to say Jack Tuttle does it. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. Those guys are going to get a lot of run on Saturday. So we're going to learn more about each of those guys. And Davis Warren could be another big talking point coming out of the spring game. He was kind of the star last year. Was my was my number one overall pick in the spring game draft, which we were uh, – I guess we can announce that here. We'll be doing that at some point on Tuesday. So – 
I think we're going to pre-record that and put it out and um, have some discussion points around that. So excited for that. Um, excited for the spring game in general. We'll, we'll probably preview it. I would say probably a little more in detail for our Thursday podcast, but uh, yeah, I mean, the overwhelming storyline to me from this spring for them has been, uh, it's just a continuation of what's been. And it's almost, it's crazy to think, you know, physically everyone looks a little bit bigger. Uh, it sounds like guys are a little bit faster. Um, this team, I think by fall camp has a chance to be as healthy as it's been in a while. There've been some guys banged up, but um, you know, with spring practice run of, uh, you know, we're running down here. I, I just, the mission, the mission remains the same. And, and I've heard nothing to suggest that that shouldn't, the goals that they have ahead of them are, you know, in jeopardy at all. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, you know what? Um, this is this is going to be the big. This is going to be the team that's going to be favored to win the Big Ten, and they should be. I think. I don't think there's any question about it. I think the culture is there. I've always said it takes one championship for guys to know how to win a championship, and then you get it back. Uh, you know, it used to be where every four or five years, you know, there was always somebody in a class that was helping teach the younger guys what it takes to be a champion. I think we're at that point again now in Michigan football. So uh, the goal now is to figure out the NIL stuff and to keep that going. It looks like they're making progress in the 24 season, but I really do like where this thing's headed. I do like the culture of this team. I like the leadership. Uh, I love the coaching staff. So it's nice to be, it's nice for Michigan to be Michigan again. Harbaugh several years ago at Big Ten Media Day was kind of referring to things like an anaconda, you know, gets tighter and tighter and tighter and better and better, um, you know, kind of the, the grip on things. I feel like that's been the case from 2021 to 2022 and now into 2023, where last year you heard all those guys talking about the little details that they're trying to fix and that they're trying to get better at, uh, you know, in order to, to take that step. And they didn't necessarily take the step from semifinal to national title game, but that was a better team, you know, 13 and all 13 wins first time in program history. Now they can take that next step. And as you said, AB, I haven't heard anything to uh, suggest that that's not going to be on the table. It's still going to be very, 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 very tough to do, but um, you know, they got as good of a chance as, as anybody uh, before the NIT game there a couple of weeks ago when we we're at Chrysler, I was talking to an unbiased, you know, journalist who covers the team for one of the newspapers and, uh, you know, he asked, do I think Michigan's going to win it all? I said, probably not. You know, the odds are it's kind of like the Braden McGregor thing, right? I'll take the field on that. But this person who doesn't necessarily, you know, love or hate Michigan says, uh, I think they're going to. You know, they got all the talent. They got all the guys coming back. They're old. We got to remember that, too. I mean, with all these guys coming back a lot in a lot of cases here, 22, 23 year olds playing against, you know, 1920 in different games. So. They certainly have the talent, the experience, the coaching staff, and you know now it's you know just out there to go and get it. Um, When's the last but, time, guys, that Michigan won three undisputed Big Ten titles in a row? Uh, probably seventies, probably had early nineties, maybe. Never, never oh. has Michigan won three undisputed Big Ten titles they, in a row. Maybe they would have if they had the championship game. You know, maybe times have times have changed yep. a little bit. So it's kind of a trick question. At the same time, you know what? Um, I think Ohio State it did it for the first time last decade, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, it's hard. It's very hard. So, but you know what? You got the team to do it. Uh, might as well go out and do it. Amen to all that. So I think it's going to put a bow on the football talk for right now. I want to talk. Uh, move into our second ad read. I want to talk about our friends, of course. For every Monday Night Live show that we do over at the Rogue Shop, uh, go check out rogueshop.com if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, 
and or anxiety or stress. Uh, definitely, that's an emphasis on my end. Um, back pain, dealing with some back pain lately. There's always anxieties and stressors that we have in everyday life. Um, you know, Rogue Shop has CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps. They handcraft all of their topicals, soaps, candles, bath salts, massage oils, tinctures, and more. They grow their own cannabis in their own manufacturing facility, and all of their products are made with their own cannabis. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask anything, uh, as you can see with the screen share here. Uh, Mr. Rogue, uh, Richard, and his wife, Charmaine, um, are always online uh, to take your questions. In all of their care packages, they're going to send you a handwritten note. Um, they will answer whatever questions, comments, concerns you have about yourself, about the products. Um, all of their edibles are custom formulated. Uh, they are America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop. And we love to support them. Uh, they're a true small business in the heart of Big Ten country. They operate out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. They're disabled, veteran-owned. They are black-owned, woman-owned company. They only have five employees. So check out Rogue Shop today at rogueshop.com. Uh, use promo code The Wolverine for 10% off your order uh, over at rogueshop.com. That's R O G U E S H O P.com. Uh, fellas, I'll give you the floor here to uh, to sing their praises as well. But my God, um, again, a lot of back pain in my house recently. Uh, the pain cream has definitely helped in taking the edge off. I'm overdue for a uh, probably an edible uh, restock at my house with a lot of busy times and a lot of stress and stuff coming around the corner for, uh, for us and what we do, but uh, love those guys love what they've yeah. done for our show. And I love the partnership. Yeah. Better vitamin energy in the day for me. And then uh, rogue shop for the edibles at night guys. Uh, it's a, it's been a great routine for me. The, uh, but the pain cream's really been the, uh, the help for me. I was skeptical guys before I tried any of this. And uh, I can honestly say, you know, since I've replaced the Ben gay with the topicals, uh, it makes a difference. Uh, it's been great for me. Fantastic people as well. We got to know them a little bit uh, doing a call with them and, them asking us what our needs are, what, uh, you know, what kind of products we could use. And we can't, uh, we don't have, you know, enough good things to say about them. So go check them out. Absolutely. Uh, it's promo code the Wolverine for 10% off over at rogueshop.com. That's R O G U E S H O P.com. All right. I passed the spelling bee again. So let's move into basketball here. Uh, I want to talk about some of the news of late last week, a little bit into early this week. Uh, the big one, after we recorded on Thursday, we finally get the announcement from Jet Howard. Uh, he will be declared, or he has declared, for the 2023 NBA draft. It does not appear that he will be returning to Michigan. I think that that door is, uh, I won't say closed, but um, you know, it's always kind of felt like this was a one-and-done deal for him, regardless of how the season went. So uh, he has made his decision. Michigan has a roster spot, uh, at least one open right now. I think they have two scholarships available with Isaiah Barnes also transferring out. But again, those could go to Joey Baker and Jalen Llewellyn. We're not really sure what's going on there yet. Uh, Michigan's been involved in the transfer portal with a number of guys, though one of their targets came off the board earlier today, still dealing with questions about what's going to happen with Kobe Bufkin and Hunter Dickinson. A lot still on the table, but fellas, let's talk Jet Howard first and foremost. Not a surprise that this is uh, the route it went. I think of the three decisions um, that 
pertain to the NBA, this is probably the closest to a slam dunk one that there was. And I think that Juwan probably knew that too. And it sounds like Juwan pushed him in that direction. Yeah. And I think it's good for the team. And I think it's, you know what, I think it's where his heart is. And I think it was pretty clear, uh, frankly, um, and not being overly critical of him. If you'd put Jace Howard and his desire into Jet Howard's body, you would have an unbelievable basketball player. A couple of things that surprised me about Jet Howard, uh, he was a better shooter than I thought he'd be, right? Because by all accounts, you know what, he was kind of hit, hit and miss at times. Um, good shooter, but better than I expected at Michigan, especially uh, creating his own shot and off the dribble uh, threes. You know, those were some high degree of difficulty shots. So credit him there. Um, I really thought... You know, in terms of he's Juwan Howard's kid, right? So you expect him to have some of those traits where, you know what, never say die. You're, you know, you're killing yourself on every possession. I never sensed that from him. I never sensed that his head was in it defensively all the time. Um, I thought he'd be a better rebounder. I just thought he'd have some of that dog, more of that dog in him that his father played with and that his brother plays with, frankly. And he didn't. And I think it will serve him well if he can add that to his arsenal because that was lacking. And there were times this year that you could tell it was really a drag on the team. No offense. Uh, you know what? I think it's just obvious if anybody watched this basketball team. So I uh, wish him all the best in the NBA, but I think it's the right decision. Yeah. Um, definitely. I, definitely not a surprise. I think I would have been surprised if he came back or, you know, even if, if he kind of left the door open a little bit, to leave, um, you know, makes sense when you're going to be a lottery guy. I think everyone in the lottery last year signed a contract for $18 million or more. I mean, that's, that's, you know, no NIL or whatever is going to pick up for that. And obviously his dad played in the NBA. He signed the first $100 million contract, all that sorts of stuff. But, you know, this is your own career. Go, go do that. You know, I think it was pretty clear that that was going to be uh, what he was going to do. Um, you know, certainly a loss for Michigan, you know, that type of shooting, uh, you, you just can't replace. I mean, you know, say what you will about shot selection. And, and obviously I had my, uh, you know, definitely concerns about Jets' ability there uh, and stated as much. But to get off 212 three-point shots uh, and to make 78 of them, 36.8, you know, pretty good, not, you know, an elite percentage. But in terms of volume, in terms of, as you said, Chris, I mean, the, the shot, um, you know, degree of difficulty on some of those with – off the dribble, off the catch, you know, being able to raise up over anybody, even if it's semi-contested, you know, he's six foot eight and, you know, he's got a little bit of bounce to him. So, uh, you know, you're going to lose that. It's unfortunate for Michigan that they didn't totally click with him on the offensive end as well as the defensive end uh, during his time there. I mean, it'd be one thing if the offense was, you know, fantastic with him in there or whatever, um, you know, and then you kind of take what you take, what you get on, on defense and in the rebounding department, which was not much. Um, but the offense disappointed a little bit. I thought he was going to get better uh, and improve if he came back and maybe be better off for it, but certainly not a bad option for him to go pro either and then make all that money and, uh, and be a guy that can uh, stay in the league for a long time because of his shooting. There's always going to be a place for a guy that can shoot. Um, you know, so uh, as you said, I wish him the best and uh, we'll see what Michigan does now to, you know, try to replace some of that production. Anthony, are we sure he's a lottery pick? <sighs> Man. Probably just because you're taking flyer, you know, after the first five or six picks in an NBA draft, really after like the top three or four, everyone's just taking a flyer on, on traits and potential. And sometimes it's about who, you know, I mean, I have, I have no doubts that he'll be a first round pick given that his dad, you know, his dad's connections and, 
even despite um, you know, there's plenty of film out there from him in the Big Ten season where his efficiency dropped off and obviously the uh, the effort or the aptitude, whatever it was on the defensive end of the floor, the want to, I guess, uh, just wasn't there. And he hasn't really fallen in any of these mock drafts. So I'll say probably uh, because again, the shot, the shot looks good. He's a six foot eight guy that can, um, you know, obviously has the, the experience in, in shooting um, on the, the, the volume of attempts that he might get in the NBA. Um, yeah, I probably, but again, and people always ask too, like why I don't get why the NBA wants him. What's, what's the appeal of jet Howard in an NBA setting? I think it's when you watch the NBA and you watch college basketball, I mean, anyone who watches the NCAA tournament and locks into the NBA playoffs or just the NBA regular season, it's a totally, it's almost a totally different sport. Um, you see teams locking in defensively um, in all these games on both sides of the equation. And, you know, people will also say, well, gosh, it never looks like he wanted to play for his dad. He should have just gone to Tennessee. Tennessee had the number one defense in the country this year per Ken Pop. So a lot of the things that he did and got away with at Michigan probably wasn't going to be able to get away with there. So for me, it's, he has to get better there. Um, but I think when, when you look at what his role in the NBA is ultimately going to be, he's going to be a guy that comes off the bench and, um, and hits shots for you. I don't, he's not going to, he's not a three and D wing. He's not a, um, you know, I don't see him being the next, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or anything like that. Um, you know, he's kind of a freewheeling, he's, he's a shooter. And when you go to the NBA, like that's, there's a premium on that. Now we have teams scoring 120, 130 points a night. Now I remember I'm a, I grew up a Pistons fan. Uh, they used to beat teams like 72 to 65. That was like tw- less than 20 years ago. So it's a different game now. Um, and you got to wonder, and it might sound like piling on. It might sound, I don't care how it's, how it's taken, but fact of the matter is for what he's going to ultimately be in the NBA, he's probably going to get better coaching and better player development than he would have got if he got came back for another year. So that's a long winded way of me saying probably, but again, I don't, I don't see him. I see him as a high floor player, but not really that high of a ceiling in my opinion. Quite an indictment too. When you say wouldn't fly at Tennessee, but he got away with it at Michigan. Uh, You know, if you think about it for competitors only and as much as Jawan Howard preaches defense, uh, that part was absolutely disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Do we have anything else on jet Howard? Clay? Wish him well. I hope he kills it. Uh, he's a great kid. He really is. He he is for sure. Um, I, I think he could be good in the NBA. You know, he's got the tools to potentially be good on defense and, and rebounding and be that type of guy. I mean, he's six foot eight. He can shoot. Um, I will say, in terms of the development in the NBA, is it better than Michigan? I mean, not if you're not playing in games as a rookie. You know, you you might as well be getting experience you know at the same time you're making money while doing that so that's part of the debate and then the Tennessee I mean it probably just wouldn't have flown there because I think they were a deeper team than Michigan and and frankly a better team all season long so you know there are definitely more options for Rick Barnes to to go to Rick Barnes by the way just fantastic uh, regular season coach but um, you know so maybe that's part of it but yeah we'll see what Jet Howard does excited to see him uh, in the combine excited to see him uh, you know, in the summer league coming up and, and wishing him a healthy recovery as well. I think the thing that bums me out the most about J- Jet Howard and Jawan Howard 
discussion is that there's really no way you could chalk it up or can discuss it without someone having some sort of shot taken at them or it being an indictment on how the other guy played. It's it's best for both parties, um, especially since his stock hasn't really been affected all that much to, uh, to move on. So we'll see what happens from there. Um, we'll say this about Michigan guys in the NBA draft. I mean, I feel like for 15 years, um, you know, on message boards on social media, there's always, ah, you know, I really don't see it. I don't know. I don't think he's ready to go. And all of these, almost all of these guys over the last 10 to 15 years have gotten some kind of second contract. Duncan Robinson made like $80 million. Tim Hardaway Jr. has made a bunch of money. Um, Franz, people were saying Franz shouldn't have gone. <laughs> yeah. Look I mean, I now. think it's every, anytime someone leaves, it's it, it, there's always, unless a guy leaves for the draft and he's, LeBron James, he's never ready, right? I think it's kind of at times can be like a coping mechanism for fans or frustrations about potential, whatever it is. But uh, let's speak about the other guys on the roster now. Um, Kobe Bufkin, Hunter Dickinson, obviously the, the next dominoes to fall. Uh, I think you're looking at a ceiling, you know, next year's ceiling is going to be dependent on, to me, what one or both of those guys wind up doing. If you lose both, it would kind of be a disaster. But uh, do we have any, you know, is there any smoke to what either of those guys are thinking right now? Yeah, I wrote an article on that today. Hunter Dickinson, we think, is going to be coming back. I think Kobe Bufkin is probably leaning towards leaving. And I think we've seen, I think Clay saw him, his Instagram post where he's sitting uh, courtside at the Phoenix Suns game. I think what we heard is that he was out west and uh, to maybe talking with agents in LA. We haven't confirmed it, but it, there's a lot of smoke around that too. I was talking to a, a former basketball coach, a high profile coach uh, recently who said, when that happens, guys kiss him goodbye, man. When they get a taste of that. I remember when Iggy Ignis Brasdikas was in Vegas getting wined and dined and courted. I'm like, you know what? This dude's not coming back. So uh, I think Kobe Bufkin will go through the process. I think if he has a solid NBA draft combine performance that uh, he's as good as gone. So it's unfortunate guys. Uh, it's kind of like those guys that beeline used to develop and you get two years out of them. And you're thinking, man, this was supposed to be a three gear guy at least. And now we're starting over again, but that's the, the reality of college basketball these days. So um, if, if he goes, he goes. And again, you wish him well too. You also wonder what might've been. Yeah. It's kind of that blessing and curse that Michigan's had. And especially under John beeline, when he would find guys that were a little bit under the radar at times, you know, he got some blue chip guys, obviously Iggy being, you know, kind of one of them, but a little in a far away place, but, uh, and then they develop them too quick and then they leave. It's like, Oh man, you know, we didn't even fully get to see uh, what this guy was going to be. It feels like that a little bit with Kobe, you know, I mean, just because he was very good this year, but it was even maybe the back half of the season where he was, he was better. And well, you know, which is a testament to, to his development, but it's also like, man, we could kind of see uh, what he was going to become if he if he sticks around. And, and he might. You know, I, I still think it could come down to what his stock looks like after the combine. You can still get an agent and come back. So we'll mm -hmm. see. Uh, we may be waiting until, uh, you know, the first day of June, or it's actually the last day of May, I believe, right, um, at the deadline at 11.59 p.m. So uh, we could be waiting to see on that. But, um, yeah, I would guess he goes too. I mean, not many guys that are projected first round decide to come back. And then Hunter Dickinson, I mean, he's the guy you, you want back number one, no matter what, anyway, uh, if you can get him back and he said, it's a tough decision. I think it's kind of smart at this point to maybe, uh, not play your cards a little bit and have people coming to you saying, Hey, come back. We'll give you this or we'll give you that. Um, 
you know, and I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but, you know, I, I think that that would be a strategy these days uh, that you've, you know, probably seen a lot of guys take, even if we didn't know it, but um, having him back would be a good centerpiece. Um, and then you kind of figure out the portal. And I think the portal's just getting going as well. I mean, there are some talented players in there. Anthony and I were texting about this, I think last week, it's like, there's really nobody that totally stands out. We did see Caleb Love go in for North Carolina. I don't know if who really wants him. Uh, we'll see, but um, you know, hey, so Juwan, be- I think Jawan Howard just followed him on uh, Twitter, though, if I'm not mistaken. Is that maybe right? You check, maybe you can check that out, uh, Clay. Okay. So maybe Michigan does want him. We'll see. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, there you go. Um, but no, I mean, w- we would see, I guess, what he would become at his next stop. But I think the portal, you know, my point is, you know, I think the portal is going to add more and more talent here as we go along. You know, a lot of teams get eliminated last weekend in the tournament. There are going to be some younger guys that, you know, some of these mid-majors, they know they're going as soon as the season's over. But if you're a younger guy that maybe didn't get the opportunity at a high major, um, you know, like a Frankie Collins, he waited until I think the transfer portal deadline last year. So we're going to see more talent. So, I mean, AB put out the transfer portal hot board today, which was fantastic, obviously, but I think it's going to expand more and more as we go forward. But Dewan Howard and staff, they got a huge, a lot of pressure on them, uh, you know, a huge off season to figure out what they're going to have going forward. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, you know, if you're someone right now that is looking at the transfer portal and going, gosh, there's just nothing out there. Just also give it time because it is going to, you know, there are going to be guys at other schools that might be pretty good that get recruited over for some reason that become available. And um, like I said, it, it, it's going to go all the way up to that deadline. Um, and it changes quick. I think when, um, just speaking about, you know, on three's transfer portal rankings, uh, I think the day that it came out that they were talking with BJ Mack uh, from Wofford, I think he was like the 14th rated transfer or something like that. And a couple of days later, because of the flurry of activity, uh, when I put out the hot board earlier today, he's sitting there at 67th overall. And I think he's, I think he's a pretty good fit. It depends on what the roster looks like, but um, yeah, right now uh, it doesn't, it doesn't look great, especially if you lose a Kobe Bufkin, um, you know, back to Kobe's decision for a second. I think when you talk about some of these guys that wind up coming back, it's they cite unfinished business, but you know, Michigan isn't just a player away from being a national championship team. Even if both he and Hunter come back, they have some pieces we like, but there's a lot that needs to kind of get sorted out and guys need to develop. So I, if he goes, I don't blame him. I think if he comes back, he could be a top 10 pick though. I truly believe that, you know, what a lot of times when these guys leave, you go, you know, what? I think they're probably as ready as they're going to be. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, any other thoughts on, I know Isaiah Barnes is out. That's not a big surprise. Do we have, uh, I, we don't need to give names, but I, I would think there's still some roster movement coming. Yeah. I think Terrence Williams comes back too, along with Hunter wants to get his degree. Um, and we've had no that speak. People have spoken with him. We said that he wants to be back. I think he wants to atone for a down year as well. So um, we'll see, but lots of room, but, but there's plenty of opportunity here too, guys. Look at all the, the teams right now in the tournament that were replenished via the portal. Um, and you don't know how they're going to mesh. Maybe you get the right mix. And uh, if you got it, like you said, Hunter Dickinson there, that's good. But guys, I got four minutes here. I got a quiche in the oven. So let's talk some hockey and get out of here. I've never, I've never heard the quiche in the oven. I've heard my dog <laughs> ate my homework. I've heard, uh, my, my, that's, left my backpack in my dad's car. But yeah. 
That's code for my. That's code for I have seven percent battery. So let's get our asses going here. <laughs> okay. Do, <laughs> do you um, have a quiche in the oven though? I do not. No. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right. Well, really quick before we get into hockey, uh, we did have a super chat earlier from Chain Johnson. Shane. Four ninety nine says two national titles in ten months. Tampa to Houston. Uh, actually, it's a perfect segue to this. Uh, he says let's lel FG blue. Uh, CB, I got my finals ticket. Chances of seeing it, you owe me a Quinnipiac scouting report and Loveland's weight. So yeah. I'll All let right. you guys settle that. Quinnipiac is a defensive team, Shane. So um, I like Michigan's chances here. I, you know what? I, I really do. Um, compared to last year when it was, you know what, uh, that Denver team was was pretty good. But um, you know what? You First of all, two things. Um if you're going to Tampa, man, I'm going to see you there and I will buy you a beer there. I promise. So uh, looking forward to that. I will be going down there and um, looking forward to that. So uh, I'd like Michigan in the, in the, um, in the semi would love to see them play somebody different in the final Michigan, Minnesota would be a great game, but man, I think uh, Michigan matches up pretty well with Boston. I think that Michigan, Minnesota game would be epic, but uh, you know what? Win the first one first. So, and Loveland's weight. Um, I'm going to defer to these guys. He looked a little bit bigger to me, but I don't know what his weight is still. I couldn't yeah. tell you. Um, I'm not one of those like carnival guess your weight type of experts, but um I want to talk hockey really quick because, uh, you know, I don't want Chris to burn the quiche that's in the oven here. <laughs> um, that game, the game Friday night was insane because of the flurry of goals, uh, the 11 to one win, just a great night for the big 10 in general. But that, that game Sunday made me miss play. I mean, we've seen it with Michigan hockey. I mean, we're all Detroit or Michigan local guys. We were used to Red Wings playoff hockey for a long time. That Michigan game Sunday night was incredible. I thought that, um, you know, I thought they had the better chances throughout most of the game. Uh, they just kind of whiffed on a lot of them. The third period, they scored that goal to tie it up, and it was kind of starting to teeter on them. I mean, they had some tired legs. I actually think the best thing that could happen to them was getting to overtime. But, um, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, if not, If not now, when? This team has the goods to win a national title. I think they have the coaching to win a national title. Um, it just kind of, it feels different this time around. Like you're not waiting for some weird bounce to happen and the season gets derailed. I, I legitimately think that this team, I can't definitively say, but I think they're going to, I think they're going to do it. They just have this grit about them. I really like. Yeah. And it takes some luck guys, like for any championship. Right. So um, I think they're, uh, they, they certainly have it. Uh, Eric Portillo still needs to play well, and he has. Uh, he needs to play as well as he did uh, against Penn State if you're going to beat some of the elite teams out there. But I think the pressure's off now because they were supposed to get to the Frozen Four, right? Now you're playing elite teams and just let it all hang out and, and go play. So uh, you could tell they were pressing against Penn State there in the second period when they the clock's ticking and they need the goal. Um, thankfully, they got it with about eight minutes left from their star freshman. So um, to me, I think you're going to see some really good hockey. And uh, I think you're going to see Brandon Narado finally earn that, that contract and uh, take that interim tag off there. We always talk about teams in the NCAA basketball tournament, and I'm more of a basketball guy than a hockey guy, but you, know, you got to win in different ways. You know, if the shots aren't falling, what 
you going to do? Uh, are you going to be able to win in a different way, whether that's with you know defense or you know getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, that sort of thing? Michigan kind of had that game yesterday against Penn State. I mean, give Sulier credit for Penn State. Um, you know, just felt like they couldn't get that that one goal. Then they get they get it from Fantilli, and I love the confidence from him too. Talking to the broadcast team, saying we're going to show that you know we're the best team in the country in this next period. And 52 seconds into overtime, they score. Uh, and they're moving on to the Frozen Four for the 27th time. Brandon Naredo, second ever Michigan coach to take the team to the Frozen Four in his first season, joining Mel Pearson, his predecessor. But I, I will say this: if not, if not now, when? Uh, I think this program's in really, really good and capable hands. I think they could get it. You know, I'm not saying don't don't go win it, right? Uh, you know, but I just think that they're they're building that momentum and continuing that momentum that they had under Mel Pearson. You know, off field issues or off ice issues aside. Um, you know, so I think they're going to be in this type of position a lot. That's, you know, it's no guarantee. That's why you go win it when you can. But, and I do think they have the team to do it. And you look at Minnesota on the other side. I mean, that's a team you just went up to Minneapolis and beat. So, uh, you know, there's definitely an opportunity there. Quinnipiac is going to be challenging though. They, they also have the number three scoring offense in the country too, as well as the number one defense. So it's going to be a challenge and, uh, you know, you hope it, you hope it at least gets to that final game because anything can happen there and, and potentially with, end with Michigan uh, mobbing each other after a national title. Absolutely. So uh, again, they've been in this spot before. I'm not saying that they won't ever be there again, but um, God, you've got the bird in hand and I think you've got, you know, probably the most talented roster. So it'd be a lot of fun to see, but all right. Uh, I hear that. I hear that, uh, that chime dinging over at the Casa de Ballas, the quiche, has reached its completion. It's time to feast for the evening. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we had a lot of great questions we didn't get to this week. We just kind of ran up uh, ran up to time here. But uh, be sure to uh, like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, um, just totally had a brain fart. Uh, podcast feeds, wherever you get your shows, leave a five-star review, all that good stuff. Uh, for Chris Ballas, for Clayton Safey, Thank you so much. Uh, again, spring, spring uh, blah, 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 blah. can't talk. It's time to get out of here. Spring game draft coming on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to uh, avenging uh, what happened last year. So uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Clayton, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you, Michigan fans. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.